Hey friends, welcome back to the Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden. I'm the host of this podcast and I want to thank you for joining with me for this week's message. This week we're talking about facing reality. Sometimes we imagine the world to be a certain way that we want it to be or we imagine ourselves to be the way we want us to be. And sometimes the thinking in our heads doesn't really match up with the reality of the world that we live in. And one of the things that God does because he loves us so much is God pushes us to face reality. He pushes our misconceptions out of our heads, the things that we believe that are not true, and helps us to grapple with the truth of our lives and our situations. This is something that we see in the life of Jonah in the Bible. And as we are continuing our walk through this book, we see how God is helping Jonah to face reality and what we can learn from that about how God helps us face reality. So I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message on facing reality. Have you ever noticed that some people have a hard time facing reality? In surveys conducted by social scientists, they have found that 70% of high school seniors think they are above average in their leadership skills. Only 2% think that they are below average in their ability to get along with others. 25% rate themselves in the top 1%, and 60% think they are in the top 10%. Surveys have found that 94% of college professors think they are above average. In two different companies, 32% and 42% of engineers rank themselves in the top 5% of performers. I used to watch the early seasons of the American Idol TV show, and invariably there would be these horrible singers who thought they were great singers. They would argue with the judges and tell them that all of their family and all of their friends had told them all of their lives that they were fabulous singers. But the reality was they were awful. We are not always good at facing reality. Sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes we think we are a lot better than we really are. And because God loves us, he keeps working to help us face reality and open our eyes to the truth. This morning, as we look at the story of Jonah, we see that it's about facing reality and coming to grips with the truth of our situation. Our scripture reading for today comes from Jonah chapter 1, verses 7 through 17, which says this. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? 
What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, What should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. This passage is about the three big questions that we all need to answer as we face reality. Number one, who are you? Number two, what have you done? And number three, will you surrender your life to God? The first question is, who are you? As we have seen in the first few verses of this book, Jonah was called by God to preach against the Ninevites and call them to repentance. He didn't want to do that, so he tried to run away from God. He got on a boat going in the opposite direction, and this huge, powerful storm came up that really scared these veteran fishermen who were used to such things. They realized that this was no ordinary storm and that something else was going on here. They realized the reality they are facing is a punishment for sin, and they cast lots to discover who the wrongdoer is in their midst. When the lot falls to Jonah, they ask him the first great question that we all must answer. Who are you? Now, often we form our identity by what we do and where we come from. I am an electrician from Terre Haute. I am a teacher from Brazil. Or I am a police officer from Paris. Our work and our place often shapes who we are and how we view the world. So the sailors on the boat start asking Jonah these questions. They ask him, what kind of work do you do? Where are you from? Who are your people? Every person's identity has multiple aspects. The question, who are your people, probes the social aspect. 
we don't just define ourselves individually. We also define ourselves by our community. I am a Republican or a Democrat. I am a Mason. I am a Christian. I belong to the Motorcycle Club or the Road Runners Association or the Youth Soccer League. Where do you come from is the question that asks about our place. Where do you feel at home? What do you do is a question of mission. What have you been called to do in life? What is the purpose of your life? Too often we quickly label people by just one aspect of their lives, when in reality, many of us have a number of these layers that God uses to shape and form who we are. So God is using the storm to raise these identity questions with Jonah. He is a prophet, but he's running away from God. He's a believer, but he's disobeying God. He's been called to save people, but he's putting other people's lives in jeopardy. These are the inconsistencies in his life that don't make sense. Jonah is blind to them. He doesn't see the problem. Last week, we saw how Jonah was asleep in the hull of the boat, oblivious to the problems he had caused for the safety and the welfare of others. He had these blind spots in his life that he wasn't aware of, and now God was calling him to face reality. God was forcing him to re-examine his identity. Who was he really? How come his actions weren't reflecting who he really was? What was wrong with his heart? Why was he resisting God's call on his life? What's interesting about Jonah is that when he answers these questions about who he is, he starts with his race. His response is, I am a Hebrew. His second response is about his faith. I worship the Lord. His race had shaped his identity more than his faith in God. That's a problem that we see today. Many people today see themselves first as white or black or brown or Caucasian or Hispanic or African or LGBTQ before they see themselves by their faith. Biblically, our faith should be the primary shaper for our identity. But for many people like Jonah, it comes in second or third or fourth. In the news, I'm always seeing reports about how white evangelicals believe this or that. But what many people don't realize is that for lots of these people, their supposed evangelical faith is not the primary driver of their identity. It's really second or third or fourth. So while they get labeled spiritually, 
Their beliefs and attitudes may actually be formed much more by their race or their place or their occupation or something else. That's the way Jonah was. His faith in God had not really penetrated deep down into his heart to where it was shaping how he was living, how he was viewing others, and how he was viewing his mission. The story of Jonah is a picture of how we all need to come to grips with our identity. We all need to ask the question, who am I? Who is it that God has called me to be? And do my words and actions accurately reflect my true identity of who God wants me to be? The second big question of this story is the question, what have you done? For Jonah, the answer was that he was running away from God. He was disobeying God. He was being selfish. He was only focused on what he wanted to do and what he didn't want to do. He hadn't stopped to think how his actions were affecting the people around him. His actions were putting the lives of the sailors at risk. They saw this, but Jonah didn't see this. Jonah needed to face reality. They had to wake him up to get him to see the consequences of his actions. It was his fault that they were enduring this terrible storm. Jonah didn't want to have the uncomfortable conversation with the Ninevites that God called him to have. So now he was having an uncomfortable conversation with the sailors on the ship. He was having to learn the hard way. You can't run from God. One day we will all have to answer the question, what have you done? This is a systemic question. American culture is such an individualistic culture that often we only ask ourselves, what do I want to do? And we sometimes fail to see that we are part of these larger systems, family systems, church systems, neighborhood systems, work systems, communities. Jonah's attempt to run away from God was affecting the whole system of the boat he was on. And it shows us that our actions don't just affect us. They also affect the other people around us in the systems we are a part of. Then the third big question of this passage is, will you surrender? When the sailors realized the problem, they asked Jonah what they should do. And he tells them to throw him into the sea and it will calm down. Jonah is finally facing reality. He realizes it is his fault that this storm has come upon them and he is willing to surrender himself to save the ship. At this point, we're not sure if this is really an act of repentance where he's sorry for what he has done 
or if this is an act of resignation where he is giving up of trying to escape the consequences. Is he really surrendering his life to God's will? Or is he hoping he will die so he won't have to go back to Nineveh and do what God called him to do? Jonah avoided Nineveh because he did not want God to extend mercy to these evil pagans. Yet now he has come face to face with the pagan sailors on the ship who've been calling on their gods while he has not spoken to his. Jonah is now facing reality. He sees they are dying for him when he should be dying for them. He is the one God is angry with. He needs to surrender to God and be thrown into the sea. The sailors continue to act admirably. They don't want to throw him into the sea. They instead try to row back to shore. Only when that will not work do they surrender and throw him overboard. As soon as Jonah hits the water, the storm stops. It was like turning off a light switch. The sea grew calm immediately. As a result of this, the men on the ship greatly feared God, sacrificed to God, and made vows to God. They became believers. It's so ironic. Jonah was running away from God because he didn't want to show God's love and truth to wicked pagans, and that is exactly what he ends up doing. Jonah's refusal to surrender his life to God has now resulted in these unbelievers surrendering their lives to God. Jonah's act of disobedience has led these new believers into acts of obedience. In spite of Jonah's refusal to obey God, God uses him to save others anyway. In Matthew 12, 39 to 40, when some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law come to Jesus asking for a sign, he answered them by saying, A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. As Jonah was sacrificed to save the sailors, so Jesus would be sacrificed to save us. Jonah takes on the role of the scapegoat for the sailors, and Jesus takes on the role of the scapegoat for us. Jonah surrenders his life to save them. The sea calms down, and he saves them humanly and materially. Jonah is certainly not Jesus, <clears throat> but he is like Jesus. He is a type of Christ, a picture of Christ, one of many in the Old Testament that God gave the people to start giving them these little glimpses of what Jesus would be like when he would come. 
Jesus surrendered his life to save the people on the ship. Just like Jesus would surrender his life to save us when he came. When Jonah was unable, what Jonah was unable to do is what Jesus was able to do. Jonah is one example of someone who surrenders their life and sacrifices their life so that others can live. What he did imperfectly is what Jesus would do perfectly. Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, that a man would lay down his life for another. When Jonah was thrown into the sea, he was willing to lay down his life for another. And that was getting the people ready for what Jesus would ultimately do on the cross. What's interesting about the story of Jonah is that it begins with him not trusting God. He doesn't trust that God knows what he is doing in sending him to Nineveh and he doesn't trust God with his life. But when he is thrown into the sea, he has to trust God with his life. God is showing Jonah that he can be trusted. Because instead of dying, Jonah is swallowed up by a big fish. He thought he was going to die, but instead, God allowed him to live. God saved him even though he didn't deserve it. God is showing Jonah the grace he doesn't deserve. God wants to show the Ninevites the grace they don't deserve. And God continues to show us the grace we don't deserve. Jonah is this fascinating story that asks us the same questions that Jonah has to wrestle with himself. Who are you? What have you done? And will you surrender your life to God? Jonah is a story that shows us that God wants us to face reality. The reality of who we are, the reality of how our actions affect others, and the reality that the only life worth living is a life that is surrendered to God. God bless. Stay safe. See you soon.